0: Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with Barrett Reed, who's got a, uh, it's a big day for you today, Barrett. And you have a lot to say. So uh, Barrett Reed, Santa Barbara Planning Commissioner, why don't you tell us what you want to tell us about what's going
1: on with you? Thanks, Josh. Um, It is, this is very exciting for me. Uh, I... I think it was one of your earliest podcasts um, that you invited me on to. And that was shortly after I joined the planning commission. And I was thinking about that this morning. Um, We, I think it was offline, but we, we were talking about your family. We were talking about family in general. And if you remember, my wife uh, was just about due. Um, and, and I was listening closely to what you would say about your kids. And I, I think this is apparent to a lot of people when you talk about your family. And it was so clear the deep love you have for your family. And what I was really focused on was your kids. And I remember, I thought I could relate to that. (laughs) You know, my wife was pregnant. She's about to give birth. We're going to have our first, first baby, our baby boy. And I thought I could relate to that. And uh, it was days um, or weeks after that interview that we went into the hospital and Thatcher was born. And thinking back to that conversation, I, I realized in a very real way, I, I couldn't relate. And I can now. And it's, I mean, it's life-changing yeah. and we're going to get into the, the race, but honestly, this is a big part of why I'm running. Um, and I, I grew up really quick in that process right. and we have another one on the way. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, just by way of background, you know, I launched the podcast and you were, I think the second person I ever interviewed and i thought oh he just you know he's on the planning commission now and people are talking about him it'd be kind of cool to get his views on on santa barbara issues and and i recall that conversation and and yeah i do do that um it's sort of like i don't recall what i did before i had kids i feel as though a lot of time was wasted and uh now as you know once you have children it's the most important thing in the world and nothing else really matters. So, um, you know, other things matter, but not to that level. And, um, so why don't you, why don't you
1: tell us a little bit about your, your, your next journey here? Yeah. (laughs) So this is, uh, this is my announcement. Um, this has been something Caitlin, my wife and I have talked through extensively and, uh, Today, I'm announcing my candidacy in District 4 uh, for City Council, yeah. um, and, and many things had to come together to, to get to this decision. Uh, and I've, I, I've been so honored to have the experiences that I've had in this city. Um, the why is, is what we've been asking ourselves. And uh, I'm, I'm born and raised here. This is Santa Barbara's, my hometown. And it's, it's simply just too special to me to not take this next step. My family's here. Now I'm raising my family here. My friends were here. <laughs> The friends I grew up with um, for the most part are gone. It's too expensive. But this is my life. And being on Planning Commission, albeit less than two years, coming up on two years, um, has has convinced me that I can I can do this work. I can serve our city um, uh, to my fullest capacity. I have the time to do it the resources to do it I've I've learned that I I believe I have the ability to do it I have the passion to do it and when I think about where we're at as a city the best city in the world I see that we are at the from my perspective the the most important moment in the city of Santa Barbara in my lifetime and There's there's too much at stake uh, for me not to make this effort. And I think it is more necessary now in the context of what I remember in city government. um, For there to be a change in leadership. And and so I'm running and I'm I'm optimistic about this city. There's absolutely no question, but optimism alone will not fix the problems that our city is facing. And I think, especially when I look back over the last four years, our cities lacked vision, direction, leadership, coordination, cooperation, and every resident of Santa Barbara including every resident of district Four is paying that price um so i i've made this decision and fully committed to it and uh i'm excited yeah well it's definitely
0: big news there's been a lot of rumor buzz talk about your your candidacy you know is barrett gonna jump into the race and uh, you're, you're pretty well known in the community and you've been on the planning commission and so people are familiar with you and so the idea that you would run for council is uh, exciting to a lot of people and a lot of people are talking about it and you're kind of that uh, a little bit of that prototype person when you know long before district elections the city decided to put to voters whether to pay council members and it's not a lot but you know, I think they get paid in the mid 40s or so and One of the reasons was so that you get young people, like working Hmm. families, you know, and, you know, obviously you have other work, you have other jobs, but the idea is the council should not be just a place for the retired people. It should be a place for young people who are starting out here, who are having to make decisions about how they're going to live and the lifestyle they're going to live. Uh, to also be leaders on the council. And so you're sort of like that perfect prototype person. You know, it's like, hey, he's, he's a young family guy who's wanting to run for council. And, you know, for a long time, um, that wasn't the type of person, you know, who, who would run. Uh, what are your issues, Barrett? Like, what do you want to focus on? What, what's your campaign going to be based on?
1: Yeah. I, I'm trying to distill it uh, to a couple important things. There's subcategories to each. Um but I think for most of us uh homelessness is at the top of the list. Um and I can I'll, before I mention the next one, i I'll, I'll I can I can speak to that a little bit. Um I so let's let's take Alameda Park. Um that's in district four. It's where my parents always took me and my sister growing up to play. I love Alameda Park. Did you play at uh, Kids World? Are you that young? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Josh, I can't, we're not gonna take our, our son there to play. Yeah. It's it's off limits. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. Um and so I see I see two two types of homelessness in our city. Um, I, I work downtown, uh, my office is downtown. I see it every day. And I, I, see, I see people struggling with homelessness who may not be receptive to services um, the first time someone approaches them, but these are people who will accept services. Um, And they are people who need and want help. And those people, we have to help. I see another category of homelessness, which is predominantly a lawless type of homelessness. And we've all experienced this, and it's only getting worse. I'm talking about the type of homelessness that intentionally sets fires the type of lawlessness that vandalizes property and businesses that keeps businesses from wanting to open in santa barbara and helps shut them down Uh, the lawless element that exposes themselves in public in front of women and children and that That is a threat to our community. It's a threat to the basic public health and safety of our community. And I will be strong on homelessness. That said, I deeply care about people who experience hardships and some of the most challenging hardships. And for the last 10 years, I've served as a volunteer with the sheriff's department. Uh, at the Santa Barbara County Jail, and I go in, and I, I, I'm present with inmates. I'm with, it, with them where they live, and many of those uh, have experienced homelessness, and it's some of, if not the hardest work I've ever done, and, uh, you know, I go in every week. I haven't been able to during COVID, which has been really hard, Um, but it's so it's, it's, I'll be honest. It's hard for me to go in there because the work is so challenging. I can tell you every time I leave, I am filled with joy and hope because people's lives change. And it's not just the work in the jail. It's when these, these folks get released and we make huge efforts to stay connected to them. We build trusted relationships with them and, and we get them back on their feet. So with that, that on-the-ground experience, um, the, 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 the challenge breaks my heart, as it does for many. Uh, but I-, I feel that the issue in Santa Barbara is fundamentally solvable. Solvable. Not just manageable, but solvable. And so I look to... Uh, cities in California who have been able to do that better than others. And what impressed me so much, January of this year, so the, you know we're still at the peak of the pandemic and Bakersfield announces that we are the first city in the state of California to be at functionally zero for homelessness, for chronic homelessness, the toughest category of homelessness. Mm -hmm. And Bakersfield for a long time has had a strategy and an action plan to implement that strategy. And uh, our city needs to be proactive in that. And we have had a reactive leadership, not just on homelessness, but on many, many issues. And I would not call reactive decision-making leadership. Um, It's simply reaction. And I think we make our worst decisions as a city when we are reacting to the next crisis or problem rather than getting ahead of it like Bakersfield has done. And I won't go into too much detail on this. I'm sure there are gonna be many conversations we'll have over the next few months, but. The things that have impressed me most about their program, and they've contracted with this group, Community Solutions, who we need to start talking to now. Um, they so in our reactive style of leadership or lack thereof, decision making. Let's take the Loma fire for example. Uh, we 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 had to scramble to to find capacity for homeless living in, in dangerous encampments, which is a less than perfect solution. It's not a solution. It's, 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 it's just a reaction to a major, major, major problem. Well, Bakersfield worked with their housing authority, close partnership with their housing authority. And I can tell you, I can assure you that our housing authority is, is better equipped than any other housing authority in the country, yeah. in the state. And they created a master lease program so they went to hotels motels um landlords uh it didn't even matter if the the apartment was was successful uh they they got the funding through a grant from kaiser Permanente. to master lease so overnight there's capacity mm-hmm. and they had a place to put people they didn't have to build emergency encampments in the downtown to take one problem and then make another problem worse. So I, I, I I'll I'll end there on the topic of homelessness, but it is a solvable problem, and it's time our city approach it that way. Uh, second, I, I I I can no longer. Um, Sit back. I say sit back because Planning Commission, we're we're just an advisory group to council. We make recommendations, decisions on projects, but policy where we don't have that authority. We're in a perpetual state of decline in our downtown. Homelessness is a big part of that. I mean, we have to what it's the most awkward, awkward way to get to your office in the morning or or your 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 retail store, your bar, your restaurant, you have to step over people living at your storefront. Um, If we can't solve homelessness in our downtown, it's not going to get better. It will continue to decline. And and before the pandemic, business owners in in our downtown core were polled on uh, their, their struggles. What are the biggest issues for you? And and it was homelessness. It it was homelessness. And a big part of that was the lawless element of homelessness and the lack of our enforcement of our ordinances. We have a sit lie ordinance on State Street. We don't enforce it Mm -hmm. because we don't have a place to put put these people. During the pandemic, those same business owners were asked, what's the biggest issue? Once again, it was homelessness. Nothing's changing. It's just been exacerbated. Um in terms of the downtown, uh, I'm uh, I, uh, let's take Paseo Nuevo, the topic of housing. I think housing is appropriate in our downtown. I think our downtown needs that, that energy that comes with people living there and working there and living their life there. And we have, we've had problems at our Macy's property and Nordstrom property for a long time. We've known about that. But it's always been put on staff to come up with creative uh, solutions to work alongside people who control these assets um, and try to solve some of our biggest problems. But this needs to fundamentally be something that council is involved in. And that takes a vision and the courage to execute upon that vision. And it's, it's my work. I, I, I revitalize uh, commercial struggling, declining, dilapidated, often historic commercial property, primarily in our downtown core. And often I work with property owners. I partner with them. And we envision together and then we execute on that vision. Our our city is not doing that. And our council needs to do that. I I see that as a primary role of our city council to lead us. um, But I don't see it happening. Um, I think our slow response to the, the struggles in our building and planning department streamlining our permitting and review process. It's just not happening. And I'm not gonna point the blame primarily on the staff because there's so much of this they can't change. We spent what, $80,000 on a NOVAC consulting study? And I am fighting, fighting, fighting right now at the planning commission level uh, to adopt their core recommendations and it oh my goodness is it a struggle and i don't see it happening and businesses will not come to santa barbara unless we we do something i could go on (laughs) um there are many many elements of downtown revitalization and those are those are just a few Mm -hmm. Um, but I, i i i think it's it's we can no longer continue in this never-ending cycle of visionary documents and costly consulting reports and then just put them on the shelf and not act on them. And that's our taxpayer dollars going to reports. And I, I just think there is a, a a fear to lead and it's time that changes.
0: You know, uh, let me ask you a little bit of a, a tough question here. Uh, you know, you're going up against an incumbent. Okay. Um, And we know that uh, incumbency in, in um, elections has, has value. It has weight. Usually incumbents have to do something kind of really bad in order for voters to say, let's make a change. Can you talk a little bit specifically about, uh, you know, if you're a voter in district four, why are you the better choice than what's there now?
1: It's. I'll touch back on some of what I've said. Yeah. Uh, I, I. I see a fear in our leadership. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. It's tough, to lead in a, in a city, especially the, greatest city on the planet. It, it's tough to be a leader, mm-hmm. and that that. Is. There's a fear response to that. And I think what that translates to is reactive decision-making, not a proactive vision or strategy. I see that with homelessness, um, as we've talked about. I see that with crime. Uh, Specific to District 4, we've got a high level of property ownership, a lot of pride. In property ownership. This isn't a political issue from my perspective when we're seeing an increase in property crime. And I want to get back to the core functions of our local government. Public safety. And I loved your interview with Doss Williams the other day. Um, and Doss was speaking about criminal justice reform, I believe uh, incarceration, funding for law enforcement. And I know this is a polarizing issue, but I am focused, I am only speaking in the context of our community and specifically right now, District 4. It's a target for property crime. And Doss said, when we, when we shift resources, Away from law enforcement to find alternatives. Statistically, it does not result in an in a increase in violent crime. In our county, I think that I, I may disagree. I, I think there's a rise in violent crime, homicides, but he, he then went on to, to say something pretty interesting and very honest, which I appreciated. He said, the statistics do indicate that it. There, there, there is a, ri- a rise in property related crime. So to have leaders voting against a new police station, to delaying the inevitable, in my opinion, to putting our law enforcement at risk in a building that is seismically unsafe. It has been for 30 years, almost my whole lifetime a a building designed for 80 people that houses over 200. And I don't want reactive decision-making if there is a natural disaster that brings that down upon our police department. That needs to be brought to fruition and quickly. And our police department, our law enforcement needs the resources uh, to protect us against crime. I mean, we have at the state level, we have... Uh, 70 plus, just under 80,000 inmates that are now eligible for early release. And over 60,000 of those have been convicted of violent crimes. And those, and some of those will descend upon our community. And we have to be prepared for that. We have to be proactive in that, not just reactive. Um, I, I, I also see a lack of courage to to act on vision like i said this never-ending cycle of visionary documents costly reporting consulting reports that we don't take action on and that affects every aspect of the core functions of our local government this permit streamlining that's a big deal to property owners residential property owners primarily in district Mm four who can't afford those delays. It's just not fair. Um, and something I've learned Josh on, on the planning commission is the, that I've really learned is the importance of building coalitions because it's not one person making the, the vote, making the decision, it's seven. And I am so proud of our planning commission and 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 it's made up of some very different people, with very different ideas. But we work so well together, and we we have super majorities. I would say the vast majority of the time on decisions, mm-hmm. and we coordinate, we communicate, um, we cooperate. We're we're kind to each other, and I'm tired of seeing the. Uh, the contentious nature of our of our council and you would think with seven elected members of city council from the same political party they'd be able to better work together and that hasn't been the case
0: yeah hey can you talk a little bit about you i mean i know you're a local kid you grew up here and you're raising your family here Um, you've been on the planning commissioner but been on the planning commission but can you talk about your your upbringing your youth uh what do you do specifically uh give us a sense of, of who barrett reed is you know sort of behind the the uh planning commission
1: yeah so we uh was born in santa barbara um spent a lot of my early years with my family in west beach so downtown And um, we still, as a family, have that home. It's a rental home. Uh, I went to Santa Barbara Junior High and high school and for a short time, City College. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I went to USC. I didn't like USC. Mm -hmm. I loved City College. I loved City College. My my first business was in in high school. Um, My best friend and I in junior high had a passion for older cars and they were very cheap at the time. And when we, we got into high school, got our, our, uh, driver's license. We, we were able to buy our first, um, 1983 classic. And we resold that and, uh, we got our dealer license and, uh, it was easy to get loans then. And that got us started in business. And, uh, we both, Uh, couldn't wait to get out of LA. We both went to USC together. Um, we were buying and selling single family properties there. And then the economy collapsed. We got out of it relatively unscathed and, uh, and ran our car business in town and the, the properties that we had for restoring cars. Um, we, the, those first properties we were able to purchase and, uh, three of those are in the funk zone. Um, and before anything was happening there, we took a chance. We thought this is a pretty special place. And so we converted our, our warehouses into breweries, wineries, restaurants, wow. creative spaces. And it, that, was, that was one of the, the, the riskiest things I've done because I had didn't have the, the money to fail. And that's led to a, a, a business that that I absolutely love, um, which is investing in, in real estate, primarily in Santa Barbara um, and, and revitalizing it, bringing life back to it. And they're often properties that are, um, that have been vacant for a long, long time. And unlike the cars where it may serve an individual, um, th- this work serves the neighborhood that it's in and it's, it's fulfilling. I love it. And, and we're not, we don't see ourselves as developers. Um, we, we don't add square footage and we, we repurpose what is already great. And it's not that difficult because these the properties we have in Santa Barbara, what we have in Santa Barbara is, is so fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't that what the, preservationists
0: have wanted is um, how do you, um, you know, what's the word, you know, restore what's already there. Um, There's a term for it. Repurpose,
1: adaptive reuse.
0: Yeah. Adaptive reuse. You know, how do you take what's there and not being used? and do it in a way where it can get some, some use and some life yeah. out of it. And particularly with the downtown, that's what strategically that's, you know, we've we're sort of seeing some of that. And I know there's lots of ideas to do, to do more of that, but um, you know, I think that's a, that's a method that a lot of people support. And then you, you're a new father, you, you know, you touched on that to start off. So uh, maybe you can indulge me, uh, but you know, what's life been like for you the first, year are you getting um, any sleep uh you look like you're getting uh, more sleep than i am i have a seven <laughs> i don't
1: get any sleep but uh <laughs> what's it been like it's been the best yeah um we when we were in the hospital um for the delivery uh, it it was march 10th of 2020 and we were shut off from the media um, my wife was induced and We were in there for a while um, and we'd had no idea what was going on in the news. And when we came out, Disneyland had closed (laughs) and the NBA season was, was suspended and our country was shutting down. Mm -hmm. And that's what we brought our son Thatcher into. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty there, but it was the perfect timing for us because of the time i got to spend with my boy it was amazing
0: All Right.
1: yeah and they have another one along the way so
0: you're lucky gl- yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and the, due, the due date is uh i think november 18th or 19th okay so a lot's gonna happen in november
0: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a uh exciting november for Barry, yeah. right yeah so, uh, yeah. Well, it's good to get them both out of the way, you know, maybe you have another <laughs> one that, you know, cause I, mine are eight years apart. And so it's like, once you think you're out of that, is that time in your life, <laughs> you're, you're right back in it all over again. <laughs> you know? So no, no matter how you do it, it works. You know, if your families figure out a way to make it work, no matter what it is. So, uh, so Barrett, you know, you're, you're, shaking it up here. Cause you're, you know, you're taking on an incumbent and, you know, it's uh district elections and you know, you're uh you know, presumably going to, you know, put up a formidable challenge, you know, you're on the planning commission, which is uh, shows that you're connected, you're involved, you're serious, you know, sometimes candidates come out of the woodwork and like, I want to run, you know, but you're deeply connected to a lot of people in the community. So it's going to be a very competitive race, for sure. Um, So I just want to sort of, you know, give you kind of last word, you know, just sort of talk a little bit about, you know, whatever we haven't talked about, uh, you know, why should people look at you, look at your candidacy? Why are
1: you the right person for the right time? Absolutely. I, I, I wrote something down um, that I read a few days ago. And this is more specific to District 4, but we can all relate to it in Santa Barbara. It has to do with the American Riviera. Okay. So this was written in 1980 by the uh, Santa Barbara Board of Realtors. And they said, protecting the Riviera, and that's kind of the core of my district. I live on Eucalyptus Hill, but would still consider myself a part of that. Protecting the Riviera against the incursions of greedy land developers, non-conforming architecture, and uncontrolled population trends has been the responsibility of the venerable Riviera Improvement Association since it was founded in 1930. From that time to the present, the Riviera Association has kept a vigilant monitor on City Hall, safeguarding the best interests of its resident taxpayers. I've got one one last quote to read, but to all District 4 residents and to all those residents in Santa Barbara that won't be voting for me, I give my word that I will do everything to safeguard the best interests of our resident taxpayers. And to end one District 4 resident, back in 1980, made this statement. We know how lucky we are not to have to go to Europe to enjoy the Riviera lifestyle. We've got a better Riviera right here in Santa Barbara. And I will do everything I can to fight for what makes Santa Barbara so great, so special, I will fight to preserve our neighborhoods and to preserve the American Riviera. Um, So thank you, Josh, for having me here. uh, And thank you to all the residents of this great city. I not not only love at this point, no, I love this city, but I love the people of this city. I absolutely do, and if that wasn't the case, there's no way I would I would make be making this decision to run. Um, so I'm very honored and to be I mean to be on Planning Commission was one of the greatest honors of my life, and to serve on City Council would be as well. So, okay.
0: well, great, Barrett. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to share this exciting information. And uh, you know, a year ago when we did that first podcast when I was just sort of, uh, you know, saying, hey, you want to talk for the show I'm about to start? I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do it at that point, too, because uh, you, you showed you were you were caring about these issues long before, uh, you know, you were running for city council. So yeah. um, I appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you. And I'm sure we'll talk uh, a lot more, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, the campaign between now and uh, and November. So uh, yeah. thanks a lot, Barrett. Good luck. Thank you. Josh. Thank you.